Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast, continuing into the month of October with episode two of our of our double header. I'm Illegal eighty six. I'm joined by Tectic and Nerd Bomber. We just talked for like you know an hour and change, and now we're going to do it again. But I, I like to think of it, I, the juices are flowing. Is that they'll never know because there's been a week delay for them. They'll never, they'll never know. We'll never tell them. Nerd Bomber, do you think the juices are flowing, so to speak? Yeah, I think so. I think the juice is worth a squeeze. Do you feel fatigue? I am sleepy, but that has nothing to do with doing a back-to-back. That's just messed up. Are you tired of, of talking to me? No. No. Not yet. Not yet. Give Not it time. Yet. We got a whole hour to get through or, or, or thereabouts. Let me just head this off right away and say there's going to be no quiz today. So if you showed up for if you showed up to see me, well, first of all, if you showed up to see me losing a quiz, you'd be disappointed because I won the last quiz. If you showed up to see someone lose at a quiz, you're also going to be disappointed because we don't have a quiz today. This is our first episode without a quiz in a long time. I feel is it well? That's not true. We have a lot of we have a lot of two person episodes. Just don't even worry about it. We don't have a quiz today, but we have some great news topics today. We're going to be talking about the sphere. Look, you guys are on, you're on the internet. You've known about the sphere for a long time, but now the sphere is actually doing stuff. Like it's been built for a while, nothing's been happening, but now people are doing concerts in it. Uh, there's a lot to talk about there. We're going to talk about PlayStation. I'm a, I'm a PlayStation boy, so uh, I'm going to be we're going to be talking business. I think we're going to be talking some portfolios. Technic, how's your portfolio? We haven't talked portfolios in a while, so we'll, we'll get into portfolios, and then we're going to be talking about Argyle. And I wish I was talking about the kind of sweater or the kind of sock. I actually do wish that, but that's not what we're talking about. We are talking about Argyle, but in a different way than sweaters and socks. So we'll get to that. But I want to I want to lead off with the Sphere. Now, for those that do not know, first of all, it's amazing you don't know. The Sphere is in Vegas. The Sphere, I, can't, I actually don't know who made the Sphere. A large company made the Sphere. It looks, it looks Okay, I just looked. A company called Sphere Entertainment. So that's... So like I can go get my own sphere from Sphere Entertainment? I don't think you'd be able to afford it. You don't know. I that's well, I feel like I know you a little bit. <laughs> they just had their first concert at the Las Vegas Sphere. Now this sphere, I mean like if you seriously, if you have not seen the sphere, which again would be amazing. I feel like it's I imagine standing in front of it, the scale would be really intense cuz like just seeing pictures of it against the like Las Vegas skyline, it's intense. Like it's it's kind of weird. I really like, I've seen people who have like flown to Vegas recently, like on my Instagram stories or whatever, when they're flying in, they just see this giant smiley face and that cracks yeah, me up. Like, like people driving down the road, they just see like a big basketball. It's wild. I love it. I like, I hate it, but I also love it. Like it's, it's one of those things where like, it is definitely not natural. Like we should not have this thing. Like I can't imagine what the birds are doing and what they think of this thing. I'm so glad you brought that up. Like, in terms of, like, nature, I'm sure it's screwing up a lot of stuff, but in terms of just, like, it being kind of sweet to look at, it's kind of sweet to look at. So the new story is we got footage of the inside of the dome, right? It hasn't been seen on the f- before, and it they were able to project what looks like a sprawling landscape. One thing that I wanted to mention, and this is why I, I just kind of wanted to cut right into it, is Nerdbomber brought up the birds. Whenever you have a concert or any kind of indoor event, there's always these like rogue birds that get inside. Those birds are stuck in there for life, and they're going to be bashing the wall like crazy because it looks like, like I said, a sprawling landscape, like a, like a wide open desert, no obstructions, you can just go for miles. Well, I got one thing to say is, pfft, 
that's dark. I've pulled up some statistics, not statistics, some numbers very briefly. The sphere cost $2.3 billion. It just I came out that. either today or recently. A one week ad campaign in which you can use the outside of the sphere to like advertise a movie or something. $650,000. A one day campaign will cost $450,000. So you want to get the week. That's where the money is. Honestly, that's not that like that's cheaper than I expected. Because isn't like Super Bowl. They'll make their money back quick. Well, like 30 seconds, though, during the Super Bowl is like a million. So it being under a million for a day, kind of crazy. More reasonable than I expected. I've seen the the images of like people driving down the street and there's a basketball. I've seen like a giant eyeball, like an actual human eyeball, like on Mm -hmm. the sphere, which is weird. I have structural questions. Like you talked about the birds, like God forbid, if like an earthquake hits or something, isn't a sphere of like, is a sphere a structurally good shape for something this large to be in? And like be hollow inside. It's not because a structurally I, bad shape. Honestly, do you know what the, and you're going to laugh at this. Do you know what one of the more unstable shapes are? A rectangle. Probably like a, rect, a yeah. rectangle. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I know, I know pyramids like triangular. And like that. The only the thing that makes like our homes and you know, the only thing that makes square strong is the cross members. You know, you always see right. those, those like on door, barn doors is a great example. You always see the, the cross member because it's, they, it want to just, it wants to just sag. Right. So, okay, the reason we're talking about the Sphere, they had their first concert this week. It was U2. Tickets, the cheapest tickets for the show were about $400. I assume you guys, like myself, like you've seen some video and some images from inside the Sphere. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. But like, like I don't know if I'd pay $400 to sit through any concert, first of all. But in the Sphere, like, I'm more likely to, I guess, pay that much money to watch a concert. I saw a lot of tweets to the extent of like, Oh man, wouldn't it be cool to watch like the Lord of the Rings in here? Which is true. It probably would be cool. I do have questions about the acoustics. Like, and again, I'm not, I, I should know probably, but like, are acoustics in a sphere good or bad? I mean, I probably, it probably depends on like the position of the speakers. And I'm sure because it is such an expensive structure and it was, you know, built with being able to host concerts and events in mind, I'm sure they figured it out. It. Yeah. I mean, plus uh, yeah. the, the sphere is not that far of a deviation from, say, like a stadium dome. Yeah. Like, yeah. Would you go to the sphere for $400? I don't know not if I would... Not even to just to go. I don't know if I would make the trip out to Vegas specifically yeah. to see the sphere. I think if I was already out there, I would be more inclined to, though, like, stop in and experience it. However, I do, like... You too. After the, the app, iPhone. iPhone debacle, like no, I'm surprised. Still going though, I'm surprised that this concert, which like kind of coincided with the launch of the iPhone 15, wasn't you two announcing. Actually, oh, hey, we're back on your iPhone. Fun fact: upon release of the Sphere, it actually came with you two. I know you're you're joking, but like, it's a good one, right? I I do want to understand. Like this is the and by the way, it's MSG. Which I, I think is Madison Square Garden built this thing. Like you would think they would be like, all right, first concert at the Sphere, we got to get someone huge, and you get you two, like get Beyonce or something. Like, well, you got you two. It doesn't seem it doesn't seem right. Now, I'm not like crapping on you two. You two's done a lot of great things. They're a great band. They have staying power clearly. But like them being the first band, it, it, but it that's feels just like they it, have bl- bl- blackmail right? material on the Sphere guys or something. Like how did they pull that off? That's just they could probably hike up their profit margins. Because it's not, a, you know, a Beyonce. 
they can hike up their profits margins because ultimately this is like a big deal because the band doesn't need to hype it. The sphere is, is providing its own hype. I think. Well, sure. I think this was time, a business you, decision. You could make the same business decision by like having Taylor Swift with the sphere and tickets cost $6,000 and people would still show up. Right? Like maybe there, there's a certain threshold where you price people out. I feel like if you're going to Las Vegas to go to the first sphere concert, money is probably of no object, but maybe, maybe I'm, Maybe I'm lumping all sphere sphere goers into sphere enthusiast. Uh, yeah, into the into the wrong single pot or or whatever the phrase may be. If you were able to watch one thing in the sphere, what uh, like on the sphere screen, what would you? Because like some of the visualizations were really cool, but also like I, I do wonder about the process of making something because it's a circular screen like it doesn't even you can't watch a movie on it you like you could but you wouldn't be able to use the entire screen i think you would you'd have to film with 360 in mind sort of like i mean in vr and stuff like that they already kind of have 360 recording capabilities so you would just have to have 360 in mind you couldn't do like a flat movie it just it would just be a giant flat screen at that point like it would curve a little bit but that's why my answer was gonna be you know when they say like right before you die your whole life flashes before your eyes if they can like do that in the sphere for me that'd be that'd be what it would be nah dude i would want like the antarctic northern lights experience Ooh. one of the i just want one, one of them so you want to go to a planetarium is what you really want yeah right that ex- that exists <laughs> I-, I get that that exists but like the fidelity of the sphere is much higher i believe because isn't it like i want to say it was like 14 or 15k or something stupid like, it's like that it's ex- yeah it's like extremely high res so basically what nerd bomber is saying is calling all planetariums up your shit basically because like that would be so sick yeah or space like make me pretend but then i might get sick make me pretend i'm on like the space thing the space ISS, station. The yes space thank station? you thank you My... the big center thing is that what you just said <laughs> yeah no the big center thing yeah i know what you mean <laughs> the thing floating in the sky the space station make me feel like i'm there and looking out the window at space i will say and like this is just the kind of person that i am like i would be so much more likely to pay a lot of money and go to the sphere to watch some kind of special movie than i would be because like the con if anything the concert is like taking away from the sphere it's like oh you're in this really majestic sphere with like 15k resolution you can look anywhere but look at these three guys down on this little stage playing playing some guitars like it just it well, feels kind of silly maybe that's why they picked you too because nobody actually really cares about looking at them no one's looking sorry at you two. Yeah. i just that's what i said so the sphere we're crap, we're was really doing the show here it's like, yeah, like everybody's eyes would be on Taylor Swift or Beyonce, but like it's Bono. We've seen him already. Concerts are all across the board like multimedia experiences now. So I'm sure they like shoot it up and use the sphere adequately. But I will say like I, I'm very interested in the idea of like someone making a sphere movie that like but I, I don't even know how that would work because movies are shot and framed in specific ways to get people to look in certain directions. Like how do you film a movie and get people to use their entire field of vision to watch what's going on. Like it, it's, I don't it's know if it would actually translate. You'd have to do it like a documentary style thing. Yeah, it's, it's just I, I think that's interesting, but I don't know that that will ever happen. It's just for the time being, U two is there, and tickets cost four hundred dollars, and it looked like it was really something. But this is you know the sphere. It's not a fad. I don't think it's going anywhere. It's like going to be a thing forever. Yeah, I don't know. It, I, I want to know from the listeners. At OW Legal 86 on X, we also have at Online Warriors 1, our main show account, at OW Tactic, at OW Nerd Bomber. Would you go to the sphere? And if so, what would you want to see? Because I think there's 
some conversations to be had here. I don't know what's coming after you two. I'm sure it's documented somewhere, but I don't, I don't at this moment know what's coming after or how far out the schedule goes for the sphere. But interesting stuff. Some would argue the height of human innovation. Some would probably argue an abomination. I don't know if I would go that far in either direction, but it sure is interesting. I guess for the time being, I'll just leave it at that. Let's talk about PlayStation. Let's talk about portfolios. PlayStation's getting a new CEO. That is the broad strokes news here. Sony has confirmed that Jim Ryan, which sounds like a made-up white guy name. I'm sorry. That's just how it sounds. He has been the president and CEO since 2019. He's retiring in March of 2024, and he will be replaced by Hiroki Totoki, uh, who will assume the interim CEO role. Now, thinking about it, 2019 to 2024, basically, this was the PS5 guy. Now, to be clear, it sounds like he is just, he's retiring, like he's not being forced out or anything. The PlayStation 5 has sold 40 million units so far uh, since the November 2020 launch, which is behind the PS4. I want to talk about this kind of in the context of what's next for Sony. Like if you were this new guy, obviously I'm sure the PS6 is already in heavy like development. We obviously have no idea what that looks like, but like I don't know. I I guess I really want to talk about PSVR. I was thinking about that a lot while reading this. Like, I think PSVR 2 is out, but it's it's so much like... I feel like it's so not a thing. I don't know if that's going to last. I don't know what the next console generation looks like, but I don't think PSVR is in it. I do think that like we just saw that they're going towards handheld, so I think that may be what the PS6's big thing is. Well, pump pump the brakes on 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 calling them handhelds first and foremost. But you bring up a good point, you know, PSVR, the handhelds. I think a, a chain CEO is is a good move. One, he was sort of, you know, way away, not really like at the helm of, of where everything was, because he was working at in, in Europe while trying to manage in North America. So, and I, and don't get me wrong, I'm pro remote work and, and things like that, but it, it seems, and based on his interviews, it, it seems that there was a disconnect for him. Or that it was a struggle, rather. And then the other side of it is when you look at things like the VR and, and the handheld. So the VR still is like, it's okay, but it, it kind of it struggles. It's still kind of clunky. There's probably a lot of innovation to be had there. And then the handheld, we're, we're not really talking a true handheld system. We're talking a cloud-based system that right. is an additional thing that you have to purchase on top of your already $500 console. And so having a, a, I, I think a change in direction, I think is going to be a positive for Sony because maybe they'll start to listen to, you know, podcasters such as the online warriors who have valid opinions of what the heck are you guys doing? Follow Nintendo. We do have valid opinions. Or, or do something completely different. Don't do this half-assed yeah, see, I, I don't. I don't, I don't think I want to say follow Nintendo because that... Well, that's why I said or do something completely different, not this half-assed in-between. Well, I think... So the Jim Ryan era for me, because he became the CEO of what, in like 2019, I believe? And Correct. he basically inherited... And I know he's been with the company for 30 years, but he inherited his CEO-ship when Sony was at a position of strength. Like Microsoft had really fumbled the bag last generation. Like, don't get me wrong. I love my Xbox and was a primarily Xbox player last gen, but they really did fumble the bag in terms of the game offerings. And he kind of inherited this position of strength in terms of, you know, very strong first party titles that are very cinematic and draw people in. So and he then did nothing. That that's the kind of thing like I feel like he was a more fiscally minded type of individual where instead of necessarily selling the games and the and the like software he kind of was like how do we sell more hardware which 
to me doesn't make a lot of sense because I think the uh, the profit margin on hardware, just from what we've seen with the other consoles, isn't that high. They make the most money I on think like you're giving him too much credit. I think he was a ride the coattails. I mean, CEO. obviously, he made the decision to drive forward stuff like the uh, the the handheld whose name is escaping me and yeah, you know PSVR two. So like he continued, he like dug in on hardware, and I think you know software is where sony has shined you know making those big budget very cinematic games that nobody else is just doing quite like them right now and even i remember like he was the main reason i believe that backwards compatibility is kind of wonky too like obviously there's ps4 backwards compatibility but i just remember it i don't think i don't know if it was like an e3 like q a thing but he made like an offhanded comment how you know the only the reason why legacy games like ps3 and older are all streaming and can't be played like natively on your console is because nobody wants to play old games anyway and like kind of saw like the remaster path yeah and like i think he tried to like milk the remaster path for money i don't think that's a great outlook i think a lot of people still like to play old games so i think maybe having someone who's a little less fiscally minded but you know, obviously, you have to be fiscally smart to be the CEO of a company. But you, you also want to be into innovation. Yeah, you want to have that person like in the games because that's where Sony wins. You know, forget the hardware. And well, don't get me wrong, so- VR is cool, but like, forget all of these side hardware projects and focus on making the best games possible because that's where Sony wins. And, and it goes even beyond that, right? It's 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 not only they're making the best games possible and and leveraging your your first party titles, but also you need a CEO that's not just going. Hmm, what's what's the the best financial option? What's they need to they need to take a what's the voice of the customer approach? And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say something. Going back to our our tools, doing things like House of Quality to break out that voice of the customer and identify what what it is that the features that we want and put that into development. Put that into the new products. Don't just kind of go. Eh, there's kind of a need for this, so we're gonna do this weird thing. Don't do that. And like, I can't knock him too much. I haven't heard the term house of quality in like 10 years. He just gave me a, a, a bit of a brain bleed, but like, sorry, Nerd Bomber, go on. I can't knock him that much because the PS5 launch was very successful. Like the PS5 in terms of like the next gen consoles has the largest market share right now. So I don't know. I can't fault the guy too much because obviously he stayed the course and charted a successful path for the launch. I mean, I think maybe even for him too, in the next five years, they're going to have to, like Tactic said, think about the next console cycle. And he's been with a company for over 30 years. It might have also just been a point where like, hey, man, like, I don't want to stick around for another launch. I don't want to be the spokesperson. I don't want the scrutiny on all of my moves here. I'm just, I'm done. I'm over this. Let's, let's, let's try and read the tea leaves here a little bit. I mean, obviously his statement is just very amicably, I'm retiring. And I, like I said, there's no sign of him being forced out, but could he be retiring because he's, and you know, I think you're right that PlayStation has been, they've, they've won in terms of their first party titles, what games they have, their game library is, is, is stellar. Xbox and Microsoft have been making pretty big money moves, getting a lot of console exclusives in the past couple of years, scooping up, you know, companies like Bethesda. Obviously they have Game Pass, which is a big deal for them. Do you think he's looking at that and seeing the writing on the wall and saying we're behind the eight ball? I'm not sure I see it that way necessarily, but I think it is food for thought. You know, I think it's Microsoft more, is making moves. and He might just not have the energy at like, let's be real, what is he, 63, 64? He might just look at this and be like, you know, embarking on this now streaming component of the console wars 
is a lengthy endeavor. Like, I feel like it's going to be the next 10 years. Like, before it was kind of the hardware console wars. Now the hardware is more or less the same between Sony and Xbox. Nintendo is doing their own thing and doing it very well. And it's just not the same realm. But, like, between Sony and Xbox, like, the machines are relatively similar in terms of performance. The, like, Game Pass and that kind of library is really what I think the next decade is going to be, you know, a tug of war over and he might just look at that and be like man i am i'm old and i just want to yeah. stop flying across oceans and i want to go home i say that now at the end of the day you know I, I think you're right we're at a point and i think we have been maybe for a couple generations now we're like you look at the xbox and and the playstation consoles and you're really gonna notice graphical differences like there are things like the controller which you can have concerted opinions on and even the look of the console but like graphically you're not going to notice huge differences unless you're really really looking for it and you're you're trying to be discerning in that regard so i just don't know how important that hardware edge is anymore and like you said it it fascinates me to no end and it will always fascinate me that you have sony and, and microsoft just trading body blows and then you have nintendo in the corner basically just not wanting any part of that and doing very well you know in in their own right looking at the past you know 10 years or however long it's been you know the ps3 xbox 360 generation without without thinking and, and again not really considering nintendo who won that generation i think was 360 i think i agree ps4 xbox one who won i want to say ps4 no i think ps4 had the larger install PS4. base they i think they really did i think it's ps4 now you and you could also probably say that ps5 Xbone X or whatever it's called. Probably too early to call, but right now is it I mean, is it fair to say PS five is winning? I wanna say just based on like the consumer reports numbers that the PS five has sold more and like the install base for that console is larger. So this guy, you know, you could also make the argument that this guy is just saying and kind of in keeping with what we've been saying up to this point, like he's gone on he's gone on on a high note. He's saying, I did I did what I did, it worked out, deuces. You know, and I I don't begrudge him that at all. But I would love to see, because like he's been there for 30 years. And if you think about it, the last 30 years of gaming, when did the PlayStation 1 come out? Like the first PlayStation? 90, 90s. So I mean, 90s. he was probably around for most of the entire modern PlayStation era as we know it. And I think what's most fascinating to me is just like all of the things that he has seen in his career. Because usually, like, I feel like nowadays you see CEOs come in and they haven't been with the company. You know, they're hopping around from company to company. They, they weren't there from the ground up. And just within the gaming division, he has been there for a long time. And I would be very interested, like, if he released some kind of, like, autobiography, I would read that shit in a heartbeat. I would love to hear some of the behind-the-scenes decision-making that went into, you know, the last generations yeah. of consoles. And, and it has to be interesting, too. You know, you have to remember that PlayStation and Xbox are part of Sony and Microsoft, respectively. And these are these massive companies. Like, Sony's making everything. They're making movies. They're making all kinds of electronics you know microsoft is doing windows like to some extent in the context of that company as a larger company like these divisions are afterthoughts and you know i'm sure in in terms of the money they're not afterthoughts because the video game industry is very lucrative but like i'm sure especially in the beginning as you were saying you know at the start of this guy's career like they were probably laughed out of boardrooms like they probably weren't taken seriously and i'd be interested in seeing it seeing what you're describing in that sense of like how that industry has evolved to become you know big enough and serious enough to sit at the big kids table and and you know being a part of that in in the upper echelons of that division had to be very interesting so all this is to say kudos to jim ryan 
Hiroki Totoki, big shoes to fill, starting April 1st, 2024. Maybe it's a big April Fool's joke. That would be something. I don't really know who they'd be fooling, but uh, the date would be right. Investors. So, yeah, portfolio guys. We're going to take a short break now, as we often do in the middle of the show. But as we always do in the middle of every show, I got to shout out our guy, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen is a Patreon producer on the show. He supports us at the night level, which is the highest of our three levels on Patreon. As a result, he gets this shout out every episode. He gets input into the weekly game segment most weeks, but not this week because we are not doing a game segment. He also, of course, gets access to the monthly secret segment and the vlog. There is also a squire level of support, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and the vlog and also a page level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment so head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast if you're interested in any of the details on all of those levels of support thanks again to steven thanks again to all who support us on patreon again that's patreon.com slash online warriors podcast if you want to help us keep this thing going we will take a short break now and come back to talk a little bit about argyle Do you love Marvel but are tired of hearing Cheeto-stained white guys talk about it? Are you hoping to see the X-Men and Avengers face off? Do you secretly want to be Jessica Jones or Daisy Johnson? Or do you want to be with Valkyrie? If so, you've found your new favorite podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris and Madam Amy, and we are here to give you the commentary you want. Marvel. Minus the mansplaining. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at themarvelousmadams.com. Madams, assemble. All right. Argyle. Again, not the the socks. Not the sweater, not the socks. Unfortunately, I do love both of those things. This is a movie that is coming to Apple TV Plus next year, February 2nd, 2024. Not clear to me if this is getting a theatrical release or if it's coming straight to Apple TV Plus. I might have said that in the trailer. I didn't notice. But this is like a... This is a big daddy. I mean, this is... So can I give you my my initial live take? So you were like... Hit me with it. I want to talk about the Argyle trailer. And I was like, all right. And I started watching this trailer. And it's like the first... 10 15 seconds go by and i'm like oh fuck i hate this i'm not an action spy movie person right like once i saw henry cavill i was like "Mm, doesn't matter to me like you guys know i just i don't subscribe to spy movies i'm just that's not me and i was like oh i'm going to be nah still no and i was just like i'm not gonna have a lot to say about this and then it pulled like a fucking head fake on me and like 30 seconds in i'm like oh my god this might be the best movie concept i've ever seen in my life I do like the the spy they picked, like the real spy, because that Sam is, Rockwell rules. That, that is, guy's awesome. That is truly what like a spy would look like. They don't want to look like these like brooding. Yeah, just a guy. Yeah, they want they want to look as inconspicuous as possible. So I've yeah I've a lot. Of, so Matthew Vaughn directing this. He's the Kingsman guy. For those that don't know which he's also a frequent Samuel L. Jackson collaborator. Samuel L. Jackson's coming back for this movie. Yeah, I mean. The first like 30 seconds of this trailer are crazy because you're like, oh my God, is this really going to be about Henry Cavill and he's going to look like that? Because he looks ridiculous. Looks and then they're like, oh, they're like, oh no, he's a character. And then you have John Cena like just hand pulling people off of motorcycles. Like it's, it's insane. And then you get, you know, the, the twist that she's writing a book, which I'm reading a book right now that's very similar to this. It's about a murder mystery writer who solves murder mysteries kind of like that she's a spy writer who gets involved in a spy plot and apparently seems to write a, a spy plot that comes true. 
I love Sam Rockwell in basically everything I've seen him in. I think he's the perfect cast for this. Lauren Balfi with the music, Bryce Dallas Howard playing one of the lead roles, Catherine O'Hara, who we mentioned in a recent episode as being amazing, is in this movie. This feels like it's going to be a slam dunk. The The one thing I'm worried about, I know I'm going to get pushback on this. I'm worried they're going to overuse the cat thing. And I'm very concerned about that. They I cannot can see overuse. That. They cannot overuse. I'm the also. Cat thing. I'm worried that this because at the at the end of the trailer they're like, oh, which one's Argyle? I'm very concerned it's going to be the cat. It's going to like ruin the movie. It's not going to be the cat. It's her cat. She was being introduced to who Argyle is. That's wrong. What what the the big twist is is going to be the trope that I said. So her vision of Argyle is this handsome debonair man. It's going to be some like scrawny, unassuming guy or girl for that matter but i think it's, it might it's be not gonna be Ooh, i like that a lot yeah. maybe her mom was like feeding her stuff to put in the book like ideas to or stole like... the plot because she's reading that she, she stole the plot from the book because she reads her daughter's books and then she puts it into action in real life Ooh. no see because no i could see her like though like communicating to other spies what was going to happen or something like that. No, I disagree. I, I Are you kidding me? If you're a spy and like you're feeding all this stuff to your daughter, who's it's literally putting a a red dot site on her forehead. What this like that's what got her in all this trouble. So she would literally be in trouble her mom then. So no, you're wrong. That's wrong. That would flag also, so many red flags. I also think it could be Cranston who is by the way is also in this movie brian cranston i think he could wind up being argyle he seems like an art like if his name was argyle cranston i'd be like yeah yeah it makes sense to me super super into this hopefully it's on apple tv plus and it just like releases onto that uh, service and i will just watch it the day it comes out also getting timed for as like a valentine's day release which we've seen a lot of action movies with female leads kind of do this and i don't know how successful it tends to be but gets the juices flowing that's for sure i'm definitely I'm definitely very into this, but oh my God, Henry Cavill looks awful. I I have a lot of questions about Henry Cavill taking this role because it looks goofy and it looks like it's not very big and like it seems like he's bigger than than this role is, but maybe I'm wrong and I don't understand what the movie's going to be. Also, love a good fight on a train. I mean, call me old fashioned, but when he's like saying, I love your book and fighting the people on the train, I'm like, yeah. All right, Tom Cruise. Around that time, I was like, that was like, that was when I was like, yeah, I'm watching this movie. Because like you said, the first 30 seconds, it's like, I'm like, this is pretty stupid. And then it's like, oh no, Sam Rockwell's on a train. He's wearing a fake beard. Oh, now he's, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I have much more to say about it other than that I'm very excited. If it's in theaters, I'd probably see it in theaters. I'd throw that out there. So plan your Valentine's Day around it. That's, that's the yeah. key takeaway. Here. Well, actually, my wife actually likes the Kingsman movies and she likes Matthew Vaughn. So that might be a sell. Like I said, gets the juices flowing. I'm not talking about your blood either. Ew. The Get out of here. Threats. The Threats juices. Moist. No one likes that. Stop. Yeah, it's grody. So again, February 2nd, 2024. Be on the lookout for that. Shout out Sam Rockwell and Bryce Dallas Howard and Catherine O'Hara. Good for Catherine O'Hara. She she's she's got it going on. We just talked about her in I don't know. We just yeah, talked yeah, about her in our episode. other bookend episodes. So you know how we have what are you up to Wednesday? We have how great is Catherine O'Hara? That's our new set every yeah, yeah, every episode Honestly, every week. It's just how every day. Catherine O'Hara, you're great. We'd love to talk Home to alone. you. Home Alone, Beetlejuice, Shit's Creek. I'm excited for next week's episode. We'll talk to movie, ta- talk, tell you guys what else she's great in. We should do for a secret segment. We should do like a Catherine O'Hara movie bracket. We, no, we should just get t-shirts. Just t-shirts of her face. I feel like we're missing like a major Catherine O'Hara, like big daddy movie. Quick googie. There's Home Alone, 
There's Beetlejuice 1, Beetlejuice 2. Good. First of all, she's been in a lot of movies. Apparently, she was in a series of unfortunate events with Jim Carrey. That's pretty funny. Honestly, there's not a lot going on here. Beetlejuice. She was in The Nightmare Before Christmas, apparently. I didn't know that. Pippi Longstocking, if you remember that movie way back when. And uh, a lot of others that I'm not going to mention. Chicken Little. There's another one. She was fantastic in Chicken Little. Oh, also a movie called Adult Children of Divorce, ACOD with Adam Scott. Oh, yeah, we've that seen is, that. Yeah, that's a fun movie. Shout out to Catherine O'Hara. Oh, and she was in Penelope. I used to love that movie. Oh, yeah, with Christina Ricci. I think I have yep. seen that movie. Mm, James McAvoy, Reese with Outer Spoon. Oh, she didn't have a spoon oh. in that one? She no. doesn't have a spoon. She doesn't have a spoon in that movie. Peter well, I think, we're, I think we're... <laughs> I think we're going to move on to what do you have to do Wednesday because now we're just talking about Catherine O'Hara, which is not, it's not <laughs> bad, but yeah, Argyle again coming Surviving out February Christmas. 2nd, Christmas. 2024. Never seen Surviving Christmas, but I'm sure she's great. In it. Look, she's great. Okay, we're moving on. I'm sorry. We have to move sorry. on from Catherine O'Hara, but she's really good. For my what do you have to do Wednesday, I'm going to, I'm going to lead off and I'm going to talk about a current movie that I saw in theater. I went to theaters for the first time in a while and uh, I saw a movie called A Haunting in Venice. So this movie is the latest, it's the third of the Kenneth Branagh Hercule Poirot movies, but this one is different than Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile in that it is also ostensibly a spooky movie where like a seance happens. I don't want to get into the details, but that's where we had a 76% critic score and Rotten Tomatoes certified fresh, 77 audience score. So critics and audiences basically agree that this movie is like P good. And I can I can I can also report it's it's P good. I would actually, if anything, I would say it's slightly better than these reviews are giving it. I would say it, if I were to percent it, it's probably be in the eighties somewhere. I would say it is the best of the of the Kenneth Branagh Hercule Poirot movies. I can't say Poirot; it's really hard. But of those movies, I think this is the best one. Super super entertaining. The great thing about this genre, and you guys know I'm really into mysteries lately. But the great thing about the genre is that you can get a large ensemble of actors together of varying fame. They can all play characters super broad take huge swings. It's very camp, but the genre kind of calls for it. And because of what the genre is, you don't really care if someone acts badly, which is good. Yeah, that's a good thing for Tina Fey because she was pretty bad acting wise, but she was an interesting character. So I can't really fault her for, again, taking some big swings. Super, super entertaining, especially around this time of year. I would strongly recommend it. That begins and ends my What Are You Up To Wednesday. I really just wanted to shout out that movie and how awesome it is. So... A Haunting in Venice, currently in theaters, probably if you're listening to this, you should go check it out, or at the very least when it gets to streaming. Streaming, I I said streaming, but when it gets to streaming, you should uh, definitely check it out. With that, I will turn things over to Tectic to carry us along. All right, so this last week, I went on a little trip. I went to Indianapolis, guys, and I gotta say, it was interesting. So I don't leave the East Coast very much. I'm I'm very much kind of stuck in my ways. And as I approach sort of the central time zone, it just it just becomes a new world for me. So it wasn't it wasn't that fun of a trip, but it was it was nice to see a new city. Got to try some of the the local cuisine. I honestly I always just default to tacos. I just try to find the nearest taco spot. So I never am disappointed. I'm just a big taco fan. But like I said, did she- you have steak? No. But oh man! No, I'm, I'm. You missed out. I'm a pork taco guy, but but shout out to Indianapolis and uh, thank you to the city for having me. Did you find out what a Hoosier is? Because it's the Hoosier state, and I don't know what a Hoosier is. I didn't know to ask. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Next time you go to Indianapolis, I'll pre- I'll pre- I'll prep you for the trip. I'll say when you fi- just grab someone on the street to say what's a Hoosier. Maybe they can uh, maybe they can answer for what you. What if I say Hoosier also, Daddy? 
What you could, they uh, you, you, they would probably say I've heard that so often. I, I don't know though. Also, to clarify, Indianapolis is in the Eastern Time Zone. Yeah, I know. Like you it's were just close on to the Central edge. Time. It's just on the it's edge. Ju- it's, it's just on the edge. Just on the edge. I spent some time in Indianapolis. Did you get down to Massachusetts Avenue? Did you get down to that area at all? Should I stop asking you questions about Indianapolis? Would you like me to stop asking you questions? About it was, I just love that. I love it. It was a very like all business kind of trip. So I didn't do that much exploring. But like I said, next time, since I, I was unaware that you were an expert of Indianapolis, I will you guys know the be drill sure. With tactic. I will be sure portfolios. to ask you. Yeah. Might be on that one. High rises, stonks. No, I'm glad you had a good time. I, I spent a decent... I'm, I'm an East Coast boy now, as you know, but I spent some time in the Midwest at one time in my life. It was awesome. People talk about Southern hospitality all the time, and I think that's justified, but there's also Midwestern hospitality. I think that's very real, and hopefully you got to experience that while you were there. So, yeah, everybody shout out Indianapolis. Nerd bomber. Cool. All right. So, we all know I'm a kart racer fan, you know? I love it. I've played most of them that have released, and I've been anxiously awaiting Disney Speedstorm to hit free-to-play because it was an early access. Like, you could pay to play it ahead of time, but, like, I knew it was going free-to-play, so I was just waiting and it finally came out and i really like it i really do so essentially it's it basically plays like mario kart in the sense that you drift to get speed boost there's different pickups that give you powers so you can like take out opponents on the track you know you have your energy levels build up so you can give yourself an additional like almost like a nitro speed boost type deal there's jumps you do a trick off the jump you get a boost very standard stuff like that But what's interesting is that because it is like a a free-to-play games-as-a-service type deal, there's a constantly evolving set of things to do and unlock. So you start out, there's like a single-player mode where they introduce you to like Mickey and Donald and Goofy. And as you're playing through the different... That was actually a good Goofy. As you're playing through the different stages, like they kind of have like a, a roadmap, pun intended, of different like maps and races that you need to accomplish and then as you do that you like get awards and unlock things and you know there's like three different like goals for each race that you have to hit and then you'll get like a star for each goal that you accomplish and so you know you're you're getting like upgrades for your characters and you basically the way the game works is like you level up your character so like mickey starts level one at like a base level but as you get more power-ups and stuff you can increase his level up to, I believe, 15. And his different stats then will go up as you level him up. So, you know, when you're starting the game, some races, it'll be like, oh, like you're level one. Perfect. You're in line for this. Other races like, oh, you should probably be around level five because your your stats for your, your racer won't be as good. But, you know, once you, you finish out the three kind of like chapters to unlock Mickey, Donald and Goofy, then it's kind of like seasonal roadmaps. So the current season right now is Aladdin themed, like Agrabah themed. And every week in this season, I believe it's every week, there's a different, you know, chapter of roadmaps that you can work through to unlock stuff. And you can work to unlock new characters. So like I unlock Jasmine, but I can also work to unlock Genie, Jafar, Aladdin. You can, you know, get stuff to power up your existing characters. There's different maps that are like Disney themed. So for like the Agrabah stuff, you're literally driving through Agrabah. It's pretty cool. There's one where you like launch into the Cave of Wonders, like the tiger's mouth opens up and you like launch into the Cave of Wonders. And one of the cool things, like the racing is pretty standard. There's nothing to really write home about with the racing, but like the tracks are entertaining. There's different like routes that you can take in each track. So like there is a reason to replay races so that you learn the track and like what shortcuts you should take. But there's also 
really banging music. So for each track, they kind of take elements of whatever movie the track is like referencing or coming from, and they really like zhuzh it up. It's I, I can't really explain it so well. Like it zh- would, yeah, zh- zhuzh it up. How I guess I'm I'm wondering about that. Like technoify it. Kind of technoify it, but it's not really necessarily like they're just bangers. Rap. They're just just bangers. no notes bangers. Just like there's bangers? one. So like the Hercules. There's a Hercules map that you can go on. And like you literally hear They're more poppy. Yeah, they just like clubby. popped them up. But like the the Hercules song, like the the ladies on the the pots and stuff, you know how they sing in the, the movie? Like Herc is on a roll, like he's kind of playing in the background as you're going through this map, and it is just I don't know. It just it comes together and it works really well and it's very addicting and I really like it. Some do not hit as hard like yeah. the hercules world is probably the best ones others like i didn't care for aladdin's soundtrack those were and and you guys know me aladdin's soundtrack like music as a whole are is like my number one but that just doesn't get judged as well as the other ones and then the other interesting thing of note is so like all of your different characters so you know when you're playing mario kart and you hit one of like the power-ups to get like an item or something to throw at people. And there's a standard set of items that everybody has across the board, right? Well, but Mario Mario Kart, like, they, you only get certain items if you're in first place. That's like a known fact. Right, but like everybody play. has access to the same power-ups or skills or traps or what have you. Well, not if you're in first. If you're in first, well, you only get bananas. But you know what I mean. Like, everybody gets a banana if you're in first. In, yeah, I, 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 yeah. In this game your power-ups are tailored to your character and there's different like classifications of characters so there's like speedsters there's tricksters so you're more likely to get like traps and stuff that you lay down there's like combat oriented so like donald is like a a combat oriented person so he is like trying to like bump people out of the way and like destroy them and you'll get different power-ups that are specific to your character so there's some strategy too that comes into play like if there's a really windy path or something and you know like speed isn't that important you kind of stay away from the speedster aspect and you'll go for one that has power-ups that can like take out opponents as you're racing so it's a little bit interesting i haven't seen a take like that before usually you know power-ups are power-ups any character kind of gets the same set of power-ups and this is you know a little bit different where it's very unique like jasmine has a specific power-up where raja the tiger will like come out and like swipe people off the map it's crazy i have to think i would always want to be buzz lightyear i just like buzz lightyear's vibe Mm mm-hmm Buzz Lightyear is a character to unlock. Like, there's a slew, like, there's Toy Story characters, Lilo and Stitch. There's a lot of even, like, obscure characters that have made the cut. So, like, Monsters, Inc. is not obscure, but Monsters, Inc. is also part of the the roster. So, it is free to play. And I know you guys in your household like a good Mario Kart experience. It's, like I said, Mario Kart is, you know, the end-all be-all, I feel like, in terms of kart racers. But if you want to add some variety and spice up your life, I would... I would definitely say check this out, especially because it's free. I have yet free to, to play. Like, you yeah, can like buy play. stuff, but like I have yet to need to do any of that. So free to play on Switch, PlayStation 4, 5, Android, Xbox One, iOS, Xbox Series S and Series S, Microsoft Windows. It's funny. I Googled this. It lists all the basic stuff, platforms, initial release date, genres, developers, mode. And then it says engine. It just says jet engine. I don't know if that's an, a video game engine or if it's just all the cards have jet engine. Either way, exciting stuff. So I will notice I texted you and your wife and I was like, Disney Speedstorm, that is all. It is free. And nobody answered me. 
That's true. I'm trying to think when you texted us that. I'm fairly certain we were in the middle of something. Oh. Moist. Also, I was like, I looked at it and I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and, and then I moved on. And I'll admit that I, I never went back. But you did say Disney Speedstorm, that is all. And then in parentheses, you said it's free, which is like the most important thing to say. So you, you should download it. I feel like Hayes would probably like that quite a bit. I think you're probably right. But she's currently so far down the Sims rabbit hole that I can't even see her. She's gone. See what I can do to get her out, though. Might be Disney Sweet Storm. This brings us to the end of the episode. We're going we're gonna to cut everybody loose a little bit early today. But we do thank you for showing up and listening. You can just pretend that I won the quiz if you need to, if you need to pretend that someone won. You can, it can be me. I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. If you want to head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there. We'd be more than happy to receive accept your feedback and have a conversation with you either there or on patreon again that's patreon.com slash online warriors podcast go over there say hi to us say hi to our fantastic producer mr stephen keller or hit us up on x at ow lady six at ow tactic at ow nerd bomber in our main show account at online warriors one we'll leave things there for this week we'll be back with you soon in the meantime stay safe keep on podcasting